Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into another episode of The Buster Show. Today, we have the head of social from Overtime, now the number one sports TikTok in the world. Tom, welcome uh, to the show. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, hey, we got to congratulate you too. A million followers on Instagram with Hoop Nation. Thank you. Let's go. Thank you. Um, do you remember, or I, I guess the best question to start this off with was, is, do you remember when I interned at Overtime in 2017, 16, 15? Probably 2016 or 2017. Yes, I totally remember it. You came in, um, Zach and Dan, who are the co-founders of Overtime, were like, we have a super smart kid coming in. He's done a lot on social. Like, let's just learn from him and see what he knows. And you, you had like some connection. So we knew like you from that. But yeah, I remember you coming in. And I was like, oh, he's super smart. Wow, he's so young. Um, and like, I was super young at the time too. And like, I just remember being like, this is awesome. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen here. So funny, man. I remember you had hit me up on Instagram first. And then uh, I came in to meet with Dan. And then Dan realized that I had played on his uh, youngest son's basketball team um, in Brooklyn when I was living in Brooklyn at like age 10. And it was just funny to see all, all those things combined. But uh, kind of where, this, where this, this story brings us was over time at the time was six or seven people, 10 people, 12, couldn't have been more than 15 people. No, yeah, it was probably less than 10. And fast forward to now, what it, what's the company looking like? Got about a hundred employees. We're I mean, when you came in, we had like probably one account. It's probably under a hundred thousand followers. And now we have what we're, we have 37 million followers across all our platforms. We do 1.5 billion views a month. We have a hundred employees. They all work on different sports and it's just, it's just grown like crazy. It's, it's weird to talk about when you were first there. Cause I remember that it's like, it seems like so long ago. I remember too, and Larry wasn't even doing content at the time. No, Larry, me and Larry were interns, like basically, like we were there and we were still in school and just like doing whatever Zach and Dan needed us to do. And now Larry obviously is like a superstar. Uh, it's insane. That's it's so fun to look back at that um, because I remember. And crazy fact about that office too, the the original office. My mom had an office in the same building right below that I used to spend every day at when I was younger growing up. So it was just like, and I lived across the street. There's so many, like you mentioned how like you played basketball with Dan's son and like then your mom's not, like, there's actually so many random connections like that at overtime where you're like, how the heck did everybody, you had, like, it all just worked out. Like everyone just like knows each other and like comes from different places, it's wild. Yeah, and what I liked about it at the time was, and Overtime was the first of, it, of its kind in the sense of building a social media brand, but social first, yet the environment of the company was like fun and not corporate. Yeah, no, and, and honestly, we've kept that. Like, that was the main thing for me is like, when, when I first started there, I mean, none of us had a, a, like, a real background in social, like me included. Like, I didn't even have my own, like Overtime is the first social account I ever started, including my really? personal yeah, I had no idea. It was more so like, hey, we need to start doing social. Maybe Tom can start doing it. Um, but it was always just fun. It was always just like, let's just put out cool stuff that like we met. Like if, if we like it, like maybe some other people will like, will like it. And 
we've all just become such close friends that now it doesn't, it doesn't really feel like work. It's more like, Hey, like I'm helping out my friend. Like we all want to help each other out. So like you said, it's just a fun place. It's just like the, it doesn't have to be sports. It doesn't have to be social. Like anything that we work on is just fun. It's just a good group. Totally. I love it. So fast forward to now, uh, overtime has become the number one sports account on TikTok, passing the NBA. I, when, when I first hit you up about doing this podcast, um, I envisioned this helping out some of the young kids out there that are running meme pages, that are running food blogs, that are running like sports pages, whatever it may be, um, but might not, might know some of the stuff that we're talking about, but not necessarily have thought about it or articulated it in the exact same way. And I always find so much pleasure, as I'm sure you do as well, listening to people articulate things that I have done, but not like, not ever thought about. Um, so how, what was the strategy going in to TikTok and when did you start? Yeah. So we started, it's been a little over a year now. So, so what happened was, um, on all of our platforms, right? Like we go into it with just one, like one thought process, like what's going to do best on that platform specifically. So like, we don't try to move our one strategy on Instagram over to YouTube and over to TikTok. Like it's very much each platform is different. Let's figure out what works there. But when we started TikTok, I mean, the exciting thing for me was like, there was, this was the first platform that I got to start on at the same time as everyone else. Right. So over time it's about four years old, um, four and a half years old. And like when we first got on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, like we're years late to the game when you compare us to like other sports pages. Um, but TikTok, it was like, okay, like we all get to start at the same time. Like, let's see what, what happens here. Um, and honestly, it was pretty, like, I didn't get it at first. I think it took like a month of Dan pressing me and being like, hey, let's get going on TikTok. Like, let's get going on TikTok. And we gave a couple other people a shot at it because we weren't sure if it was like a social account or is it more like a talent thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started bouncing around and then eventually I hopped on there and it's the same thing that everyone says about TikTok. Like first couple of videos went super viral. I was like, oh, this is sick. And I was like, I'm hooked. Like I'm in. Um, I think, and yeah, you get hooked by like the views and whether regardless of how that comes about, like it's a great ploy to get you on there. And then from there it was like, okay, let's keep working on stuff and keep figuring things out. And it was kind of like my little side project where I was like, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because it's just like, I don't know. And let's try different things on there. Here's sports, here's culture, here's music, um, here's fashion. And I just kept trying different things and it, everything kind of worked. Um, so yeah, I mean, fast forward, it's, it's grown so big and now it's like, it's still not something where it's like our whole company is like hundred percent focused on. It's like, let's just keep growing as big as possible. What we're doing is working and see, and see how big we can get it. Now, one of the thing, interesting things that I've noticed about Overtime's TikTok, and I don't necessarily see this on other sports accounts, and I'm curious how much, I mean, obviously you put a lot of thought into this, but I'm curious where this idea came from. You post a lot of non-sports content on TikTok. Was that because you saw it doing well on other pages and just decided to test it out? Or what, what, where did that come about? Yeah, well, I, I noticed it. This is how it always has gone at overtime, right? So we started as like a high school basketball page, even on like on Instagram, right? And on everything, we want to keep broadening that. Like overtime isn't necessarily a sports um, company. It's more like a for the younger generation company where it's just like whatever they like, like we like, like that's, that's what we mess with. Um, and like we want to figure out what do people want to see and let's keep giving them what they want. Um, so on TikTok, I kept realizing the sports, 
the type of sports content that was overperforming, there was a very nice synergy into it, stuff that isn't sports related, right? So there was a lot of like heartwarming stuff, a lot of like family type things, surprises. And there's only so many of those types of clips in sports, but I knew like, oh, like just because it's not at a baseball game, like surprising your son is like really cool in your classroom and then at a concert and then other stuff. Um, so I kept thinking like, okay, how can I keep stretching this, but tying it back to kind of like the heart of overtime. So that's why I kept doing it. And, and yeah, they perform super well. So we keep doing it. Um, and it's interesting. We, we, I do, I do try to make sure we kind of rotate it, right? Like you don't want to do like 20 straight posts of non-sports. Like how can we get through some sports in there? How can we throw some music? Like I said, and keep just quenching each person's appetite who might be a follower. Um, and I think we built a really strong group that kind of just likes all of it. They're just like, all of this is cool. I don't kind of want to just see, be a part of this community. Um, so that's really where that, where that came from. It was just like, okay, it works. So let's keep, let's keep doing it. That makes sense. And it's super interesting too, just the way you put broadening the strat, like if you see that something works, like how far can you stretch it outwards? Um, like high school basketball is a great example of that, how you guys started covering the NBA and, and went down and out from both directions. I remember early on yeah. um, and then, and then seeing that to now. Super interesting. What do you think is the most underrated platform right now? Oh, underrated. Uh, definitely Snap. Um, like, I don't, yeah, I don't, like, we're huge on Snap. Like, I, I think it's probably our second biggest, like, followers and views um, to TikTok right now. Um, I'd have to double check that, like, with Instagram. But, like, there's so many people on there, and why, and they, they, they watch their, their show. So we have, like, all of our long-form shows, right? So, like, those are episodic series, 10 to 12 episodes in each series on a lot of top athletes across the country. Uh, and a lot of people watch them on YouTube. Like that's what our, we make it for. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like we slice it up for IGTV and now we do it on snap as well. And the view numbers and the watch time and how people consume it. Like I will say like, even I don't consume snap that way. Like I'm on there still from the old school version one, like send my friends a snap, get it back. There's something on the story. I haven't even gotten it, but like we see such an appetite for it with our followers. Um, and especially with like our younger content, like we have a show with Bunchy Young, who's like one of the best 13 year old football players in the country. And he has a straight, super great attitude and he's just like motivational. Uh, and we have like his show on there and it dominates, it crushes like bigger than it does on all of our other platforms. And I think there's like a certain audience on snap. And if you capture that, it's ginormous. Um, so, so it's great. I think it's underrated and people just like kind of forget about it, but it's amazing. Super interesting. I remember Snapchat's explore features used to be a lot better for normal. Yeah. Kids because I remember some days and I have somebody else who's running it now, but um, I remember some days a story would get 20,000 views and the next day would get 600,000. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. But then all of a sudden they shut that off and then it became all about getting people to send posts and that and send stuff in group chats um similar to instagram it's it's the quickest way to growth yeah we we never even we never even had like an overtime snap account where like you would post stories and stuff um like the old school way but then once we started getting like these shows and they started right. wanting to push that type of stuff we have like show pages so there's not like one overtime page it's like okay uh, Bunch has an overtime show page uh, we have a show hype school which is hosted by one of our talent overtime chloe that touches on everything from social issues, the best highlights of the week to young up and coming athletes. Uh, so we have like five shows, I think that run at a time all throughout the week. 
Um, it's just different. It, it, it does have like a YouTube vibe to it um, that I think people will kind of sleep on. Interesting. What platforms do you think are going to last? What are you invested in long-term? TikTok is a tricky subject right now. No, <laughs> I do think, look, I don't think it's going to get banned. <laughs> Breaking news. Um, I don't think it's going to get banned. Uh, I'm very hopeful that it won't. I, I do think TikTok can last. Here's the tough thing with TikTok. I think that long-term, they don't want to be like the 20 second dance videos, right? I don't think that's what they want. I think they would love to be somewhere in the minute long YouTube or like, how do you do tell stories in a minute or less? Uh, and that's tricky because like, part of me is like, Hey, just let's just go in with our stars. Like you have some people on there who will die for your dancers and your singers and, and some of the stars on there. But then the other part is like, okay, like you gotta think about the money side and how do we get ads in there and everything like that. So TikTok, um, they're going to try a bunch of different stuff. Uh, and I hope that, you know, I think as long as they're listening to their users and making the right calls, it, it, it's fine. Um, so I, I do think that they will make it through. Um, I don't think they're a Vine 2.0. I really don't. Um, the numbers are just so much bigger. And I think the company running it is just so much stronger. And knowing a lot of people there, it's, it's just a great group um, that, that I'm confident in them. Look, the, the U.S. stuff, even if it gets banned, I mean, I have no idea. That's tough. It's uh, which other ones are social preferences? <laughs> yeah, I um, I don't like any of the copycat apps that I've been on. Um, and I've been no. on a bunch of them. Not they're gonna all name. Terrible. Uh, they're not great. Uh, what else do I think will last? Um, you know, Instagram's great. Like, and that's our home, right? Like, I feel like that's all of us. And even though it's not either of our bigger accounts that we have, right? Like TikTok's bigger. Like Instagram just still feels like home like it still feels like that yeah exactly um so i'm always going to be confident that they'll keep making it work and keep adjusting um and i know they have some new things coming out soon that'll be cool if tiktok goes down instagram will be the biggest only platform because the second tiktok goes down you know how they are the launch reels yeah yeah I'm, I'm the second it goes down yeah i think i think whether it goes down or not they're gonna launch that but yeah. um i so that, that works. IGTV has been great for overtime. Like it does super well, but I don't see it being used as much as I think they thought people would. And like how they figure out the monetization factor is tough. Um, but I think overall they're here to stay for us, just for our audience, like Facebook and Twitter are like lower for us just cause we have such a young community yeah. and it's, that's not the apps for them. And like Facebook and Twitter are huge. They're just not overtimes like cup of tea and we're on there and they do great. We have a Facebook deal right now. Um, a workout series throughout quarantine that we, you know, Tyler Hero has done workouts with overtime and we put it on Facebook and it's an amazing deal and, I, and we'll continue to help support that. But like when we think about, you know, each one, I think that Instagram and TikTok and Snap just fit our audience a little bit better. Yeah, that makes sense. How do you guys look at um, curating content for um, like how do you, how do you go about finding your content is the best question. Cause I think that could be applied for anybody in any niche. Yeah. I mean that, that's always the biggest learning curve, right? Is like curation, especially like for accounts that we have, like overtime's lucky in that we create a, a good amount of our content. We go out and film a lot of high school games and that makes it easy, but still at the end of the day, we have all the curated content as well. So really what we do is like, we have a team, like a social team and I'm very lucky because at first it was just me and now like to have a team that kind of gets to help 
and work with on that <laughs> it uh it uh it's amazing and i take it for granted sometimes but i won't um and you know each person on our squad just comes from a totally different background and they didn't all run different social accounts that they, you know we have one guy who he was he's like in the dunk community like dunkers right like he's like a he is like a professional dunker at one point in his life. So like he has all these connections and gets sent all, sent all these videos from these dunkers who like want to impress him. So he like curates through that way. And then we have another guy who's like a huge NBA draft guy. Like he just loves that. And so he's always following like all the top high school kids, all the college athletes, and like seeing what they're doing. So I've been lucky where every person kind of has their, their niche and like their focus, but overall, I mean, we're all just helping each other out. There's a group chat that I'm in that is going off every 10 seconds basically of someone sending a clip what do you think of this um and for us now that we're not just basketball right we have football we have soccer we are heavy in women's basketball and women's sports uh and just culture in general there's just a lot of places to find content tiktok though i think has been the most interesting thing for curation because if you really look at it now like all the big accounts it's like 50 percent of the curated content is coming from tiktok and it is uh it's made it easier but also more competitive and now the, the key thing for my team is not getting lazy on the other stuff, right? Like we could just scroll through TikTok and find stuff forever, but there's still going to be those gems on Twitter and those gems on Reddit that, um, that our squad has really been really good at. Um, Do you ultimately real quick that everything that goes viral appears first on Reddit? Um, that's your, that's your theory. That's my theory. Like 90% of viral videos. I think that when I, got into it a hundred percent i think now it's gotten it's it's gotten away from it a little bit but i mean yeah reddit's a whole nother monster that i'm not even that deep in honestly but i but i got someone that is like they crush it on there um but no i I, ultimately what does curation come down to it's just being down to just go in that rabbit hole for hours and just like find like these gems like I could find stuff in two seconds to post, but when I think about like the TikToks or like the Instagram posts, like the TikToks get like 20 million views or the Instagram videos, they get like over a million. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that I spent like hours trying to find that just no one else is going to go get it. Um, Cause a so lot of it is about not like for you guys and for everybody in, in kind of this niche and for anybody, as opposed to like the biggest counts in, in whatever niche that they're in, like you don't want the video that ESPN or Bleacher posted like it's no, the second they post it, it's no good anymore. Like it's literally not valuable. Um, so it, it, it definitely is that from my perspective, it's always been like people like, do you allow the right people to send you posts? Like if somebody sends you a good post, like you like, yo, here's my number, like send me everything when you got good stuff. Cause they're like yeah. that kind of guy who like everything they do is gold. And there are some yeah. of those people. Yeah, I, I have people like that, like, especially like us, since we're still in that high school basketball world, right? Like, there's, like, I got a guy in Alabama, and he films all the Alabama high school basketball games, and, like, I don't really have a guy in Alabama, and, like, he sends me stuff, and I, and he, he hits me up, like, twice a week with just, like, an insane clip that, like, you just, you just never would get elsewhere. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's important to find those people and make those connections and keep them up. I mean, like, Zach, who you know, he's like our, he's the co-founder of Overtime. He's so far removed from social at this point because because we've gotten so big. But he still sends me a clip like every couple of weeks. He's like, oh, like so-and-so sent me this. I'm like, he's still got his connects, like those little, like those people here and there that are going to find something. That's so funny. If you were to build a media brand in one niche right now, what do you think is underrated? I'll give my perspective on it afterwards too. Oh, I'm curious on yours. 
Go on to yours while I think. Travel. I think that because nobody's traveling right now and there's years of backlog content that you could pull and curate from, I just think that it's uh, super underrated right now. That's really interesting. Um, I love that. I actually stumbled on a travel page the other day and I was like, oh, it's so cool. Um, you know, the, the, the tough thing is that people hit on so many, right? Like food, it's like every human does food. Yeah, you know, like dance up, everyone's doing dancing and stuff and singing. Um, you know, I think that fashion and apparel is still something where there aren't that many brands or that many people who understand it from a social first mentality. I still think that like clothing and fashion is still so fixated on the beauty. And I think like we both know, like on social, it's not always about like what's the prettiest looking picture in the world, but sometimes it's like that raw, rough, like how do I relate to my followers type of feel. And for me, and like even with overtime, right? Like we have a lifestyle brand and, and we're trying to figure out how to sell more gear and stuff. Uh, it's finding that blend that I think there, I just personally haven't seen that many apparel, um, companies do a good job of a blending. Like, Hey, this is like such a sick lifestyle brand and it's beautiful. And you want to wear this cause like you're elite, but also like have that social first aspect where it's like raw and you're like, you're going to get people to look at their stuff. I honestly, I've seen like two TikTok accounts do the best job of it. They're like, one of them, it's like two 16 year old kids. They're like in their parents' basement, like cranking out hoodies right now. And Charlie's wearing it. Addison's wearing it. Bryce Hall's wow. wearing it. All the sway guys are wearing it. And they've just done this masterful job of like making you feel like you're a part of the process of them creating their gear. And now also like putting it on the backs of all these influencers that are going to take, it's going to take another six to 12 months for these bigger brands to find them and figure that out these kids are getting it on their backs now and selling out their gear in like a minute. Um, so that's something that I think people can capitalize on if they figure out, but I, I think it's really hard. That's an incredible story though. Like showing the process, like imagine, I mean, it's just so different, but like if Virgil at the beginning was like showing him designing it and then being like, yo, I'm giving 20 away here on TikTok, and then I'm going to be selling the next 500 on this site at this hour not that he has trouble selling out right now but um you know just for for youngsters as well i think that'd be that's a super cool strategy like documenting the whole thing and putting it out there definitely and influencer marketing is just everything like the power that charlie d'amelio has oh insane (laughs) like to put it in perspective for people how would you compare like a charlie to a LeBron like is that is that comparable is am I crazy to say that no that's a really good point um look you're talking to the person that like loves TikTok more than anyone um I I you also love LeBron I I view it really similarly like and and it's interesting because they're starting to follow the same path of some of those bigger stars right when you think about musicians or like the Kardashians right like Charlie and Dixie launched makeup yesterday Addison signed with American Eagle today um there's all there's all these different things um but yeah i mean like they're putting out a video and their audience is so perfect right like when you think about LeBron, like he's got 12 year old fans he's got 50 year old fans like which is amazing and it's why he's so big but, but if you're not, a brand and, yeah it's not yeah if you're a brand you're like hey i want this i want these like 15 year old kids who are gonna wear my stuff like is anyone better than charlie to do that like i, I don't know if there is right now like some artist maybe like bieber back in the day or like 
who's the girl that Bieber always works up? Uh, Billie Eilish is amazing, but like, and also Charlie's in their face every day. Like an, an artist or someone like, yeah, they put out a song every few months and it's huge then. And then they kind of go into hiding for a few, for a little bit. Charlie is 10 posts a day, every day. Like Charlie seeing- feels more. And I think it just comes back to authenticity and how relatable you can be. And that's what will win at the end of the day. Like, nothing again like Billie Eilish has one life and she will continue to win life but she's not in your face nor relatable because right. she's on a different level of stardom standing on stages like Charlie is in her parents bedroom recording dances now does she get paid half a million dollars per ad yes but she's still in her parents bedroom recording dances and, and that that model always works, right? Like, you think about it, one, like, it starts at the top with Steph Curry, right? Like, he shoots threes, and he's small, and he doesn't look like he's LeBron. So people love him because it's like, okay, maybe I could be him one day. And we took that with overtime, and we were like, okay, now put it into high school. And, like, we covered all these high school kids. It's way easier for a 15-year-old kid to see, um, like, Mikey Williams walk into math class then see uh, like LeBron who's, you know, just bigger and better and he's super famous and like he deserves that obviously, but like Mikey's just more relatable for the audience we're going after. So like you take the more relatable and authentic that people can feel in the audience that we're after a younger audience to be like, wow, like I could be Charlie, I could be Mikey, or like at least I understand what their life is like that as a fan like, I'm going to be way more loyal to that fan, to that person. And I think it's messed up on the other side, too, because people don't, people, like, their goal is to be, like, certain people, certain people that want to be famous, certain people that want to be celebrities, they don't want to be relatable. Like, they want to be on, a, like, a God level. They don't want anybody to touch them. They want to be, like, you know, Drake. Yeah. They don't want to be in the bedroom so recording videos but the reality is bedroom recording videos will make you win more 100 percent, and that's just and i think that's new i don't think that's always been the case i think it's happened like with the phone and ig story and snap story of like people being able to show you their lives more like i say it all the time like i'd rather post an iphone video from like an iphone 6 than like a, a beautiful like phantom cam like beautiful video because i just think any more way to make it relatable, the better. Bro, it's such a great point for, for anybody on who's trying to be an influencer on social. You just do whatever the hell you can to make yourself more relatable. And yeah. I, I, think, I think some of that is also community engagement, right? Because it's like actually responding to people. Like I don't see, I mean, occasionally I do, but I don't, I don't like imagine if LeBron responded to comments on Instagram, like fans comments. Like there's no reason he shouldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, hire someone to do it, and it's it's awesome. Uh, I mean, like at overtime, right? Like, and we are so much smaller than LeBron right now, but like, hopefully one day. Um, I mean, we we respond to like uh, most of our comments, and we respond to every single DM, hundred percent DM response rate. Really? Yeah, it's like the big or no, no human at all times. It's got to be as real as possible. Um, like we respond to a DM, and it and it, it makes a fan for life. Like that 10 seconds of her, like going back and forth, like, how's your day? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll look at your clip. Um, oh, where are you from? Like that 10 seconds of interaction. I've seen so many kids go from like pretty big overtime fans to like, like overtime obsessed. And I think that, that that's how you build community is you, you need to have, especially when you're dealing with young kids, they need to feel seen and they need to feel like you're on the same level as them. So like 
overtime has so many followers and to answer like one of them like they're like oh my god like you are a person who understands me and like cares about me and I think it just it matters so much I think I think it goes back to the relatability thing it's just like that is the number one social media strategy be relatable 100% and then on top of that how do you view collaborations as like a brand do you do you look at it from like brand to influencer and that's the collaboration or or is it possible for brands to collab? That's a good question. We're 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 starting to f- do more of it. So we work with a lot of brands, like brand sponsoring our content. Uh, I, I think in that way it really works, right? Like overtime's creating content that overtime would create anyways, and a brand wants to get involved with that. Um, I think it's a win-win for both sides because like they get to be on something that we know is going to do well. I think the tough things with brands is when they try to get you to make stuff or create things that aren't natural for, yeah. for you. Never work. Um, and you need to be strong about it, right? Like that can mess up, mess up who, your own brand, right? Like doing stuff just for like a few dollars here and there. Like you got to make stuff that your audience is going to appreciate and love. And it takes a lot of explaining and, and, but eventually I think you get there. So, so I think it works in that regard, right? Like let's work on something together to create something that both sides is happy about and is going to do well. Um, I love the brand to influencer also. I think the hard thing there, and I continue to see this, the, the cool thing about overtime is our influencers are overtime people, right? Like you talked about overtime Larry, overtime Megan, overtime Chloe, each hover around the million followers across platform type of thing. And like you think about them and you're like, I'm a huge fan of Chloe. I'm a huge fan of Larry. But very closely, you're thinking like, oh, and they're overtime. Like there, there is that, that, that same thing. I think that it's really hard to bring in, in outside influencers and attach them to something for a quick week campaign or a one post. It needs to have a little bit more feel to it for people not to be like, oh, like they just made a quick buck. Like that influencer was just doing it because they had to. You need that influencer buy-in and it's hard. Um, and it takes like the ability to want to work with someone over and over again and to have, and like, especially in sports, like everyone in this circle and world knows about like the basketball influencers, but like, you don't really, there's not really that many, right? Like, um, so it's figuring out how you kind of brand it where they feel like they're a part of you. And we've gotten a chance to do that with some other influencers too, not just the people who are a part of overtime but it's been like continuously working with them over, over a, a longer period of time. Um, so it's, it's amazing if you get it right, but I think it's harder and it, ta- it takes, it takes more work than just being like, okay, here's the video, go post it. You got to like work together to create something. It's interesting too. I don't know of any other brands that have their own influencers underneath it. Are there any? Barstool, right? Oh, like, Barstool. like they're, they're the, and like ESPN has their people on TV, but it's not as much social. And I think that's what they try, they're trying to do by having and like, like Woj is that sort of, but he's kind of like reverse. And I could, at this point, I could see him walking away. Yeah. I think, I think ESPN's trying to do a better job with it, which is smart by them. And they hired some new people like in the last year or whatever that, that can help with it. The, the thing with overtime though, is like Larry, like, Larry was an intern at overtime. Like he says overtime as they get, like he started at zero. He was making shows on his own Snapchat, like selling shoes part time. Like he walks, he, he was filming all the games, like legit. He would go to every AAU basketball tournament with Todd overtime Zuck and they would just film a hundred games. I remember I went with them. 
Like there's nothing more authentic than that. Like every kid who was at those games was like, damn, like Larry is hustling out here. Like Larry was giving the shirt off his back to fans. Like, Hey, you want overtime gear? Take mine here. I'll, I'll be shirtless for the rest of today. So like, <laughs> he, like you got to be pretty confident to be doing that. I love he's it. Pretty Larry's the best. Larry's confident um, man. And I think like, he set the standard and now we have um we have a bunch of people but chloe and megan have really really blown up megan um has over 1.5 million on her personal talk i think and she's another person like started as like just working part-time at overtime helping with little things here and there tiktok comes about she starts filming some videos about overtime and she blows up and now like she's so closely associated with overtime that that it just works um so and she's not even like don't like she has her own lane right like Larry goes to games we have Chloe who played college basketball and played in final fours and then there's Megan who's just like a huge sports fan but has like her own little twist um so it's really important you gotta let your talent be themselves like not every talent is gonna be just like this basketball head because we like basketball like how can we kind of let them be themselves and be broad so yeah there aren't that many companies that do it Barcelona did a good job um of allowing their talent and their talents get it like producing their own stuff. And that's important too. So yeah, I, there are that many though. You're right. And I think it's important because it gives a face to the brand, right? Like even if it's not Larry and, and, and it's, it's then there. So those are the three. And then you have like other people like myself and others who have like a smaller following people know who we are and they feel like they're talking to someone. Like when they answer a DM, like they can put a face to it. Um, so it's just different. Keeping brands, uh, from appearing faceless, I feel is really, really important. And there are a lot of brands that do a terrible job of that. You do a great job of it. Like I, I you're the, I think of you when I think of Hoops Nation and it's easy. I appreciate that. that. That's definitely the goal because I think, you know, like you said, for people to DM overtime in any capacity and to be able to associate names and faces and influencers with all of that, like kind of an amalgamation of all of those, um, is is such a great thing um because otherwise it's it's imaginary yeah exactly that that's the thing that like it's tough especially like if you're a one person band starting your own thing Mm. because you got to do it all you gotta be the person hosting and then you're exhausted and then you gotta also be the face and, and it's hard it's awkward to put yourself out there like that was my struggle like thank god for larry right because like when we first started and i was running the account like I just, it was hard for me. I was like, I don't want to put myself out there. I don't feel comfortable. Um, and now like I'm much more comfortable with it, but I think you do an amazing job of like being like, Hey, like this is me. This is my brand. Like it's basketball. It's, it's hoops nation, but it's also buster. And like, I think that a lot of people can learn from that and see like, it, it also doesn't make it so you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Like you, you, you're growing yourself and growing what you're working on at the same time. It, it only helps. There's no, there's no hurt there. Like you just got to keep, keep putting yourself out there. It's tough. Like, I, I think that's a struggle for a lot of people. Yeah. I think at the beginning, it's super tough. Like I, I, I mean, I could tell this from personal experience when I first started doing like Facebook live broadcasts on the hoops nation page and on my personal page in like 2015, 16, um, like I got destroyed every time night in and night out. Every question was not a question. It was a bash. It was like <laughs> something about my appearance. It was something about what, what I said, how old I am. And yep. you just gotta, you just gotta fight through it because yeah, yeah. then there comes a point where it's like, 
oh, Buster's here. Let's go. And it's such a fine line between like, what the hell is this 17-year-old kid doing talking about his sports predictions to, whoa, you responded to my question? Like, yeah. it's such a fine line that people just have to get comfortable with, like, well, facing at the beginning. Well, here's the thing. The, ha- the haters drown out, right? Like, they're only going to stay around for so long. Yeah. And then the people that love you and, and like what you're doing stay around. So it's like you fight through those people that are haters and who don't like it, and you keep growing and keep getting better, basically. And then you have these people that stuck around the whole time, and you add more. And, and then you get new people come in, and they only see the positive comments, right? And then it's like, wow, this is a dope community. Like, yeah. So get through that part. I agree. I, I remember you, I feel like we talked about it. I think when you were like still really young about like some of that or, or we were dealing with it on some of the Facebook stuff you were doing at overtime. And it's like, he keeps going though. And he'll, he'll get through that. And I think that, that that's super important for someone that wants to be on there. Yeah, man. It's just like, and I, I liked what you said too. And like that the haters really drown out and it becomes the bigger you get, it becomes unpopular to hate on because you will get hated on. It's like, if I come out here and I'm like, I don't like LeBron on any page right now, because of how much support there is for LeBron, that will instantly turn into like, oh, I'm the hater and I will get hated on. So like, it's super interesting, but I think- Isn't that awesome? It's like social media, and, and I know it's, there's a lot of bullying on there. I know there's some bad stuff, but it does feel like even in the last, like, I would say two years, like, there's this shift where, like, if you're a bully or you're mean, like, people are like, yo, that's not cool. Stop. Like, right. I see it in sports community and I see it just, like, in a general sense, especially on, like, TikTok and Instagram where it's like, look, that's not cool anymore. Stop. Like, no no one's here for that. And I love I that. Think, I think that is everywhere on, like, public pages. But I think there's still a lot of issues on, like, personal pages. Yeah. Um, because social media is super toxic overall and super draining overall how many hours do you spend a day on social media dude i knew this was coming <laughs> uh too too many no i'm just kidding it's not too many because i love it um look I'm, I'm obsessed and i know that like you are and a lot of people that we talk with are as well um i love it but it, yeah, I, i'm on my phone I, I don't know how many i'm on social media i'm on my phone about anywhere from like it's like 13 hours a day right now got it Um, and seven days a week and you know a lot of it's social I think that for me it's like I just want to keep staying updated I want to know everything and I want to learn as much as possible um and for me like that's kind of how I have to learn and stuff like I work with there's a lot of different people you work with for me it's like I can only be good at what I'm doing if I'm like a thousand percent in like I'm immersing myself in it like it's really hard for me and it's been tough as overtime's gotten bigger to have to work on different projects and not be able to give my hundred percent on some stuff right like you you have to start being able to delegate better and work on different things like I work my best when it's like I am here I am in I don't even I can't even I don't even know what time it is like I don't even need food like we're just in here and I'm locked in and that's how I try to treat social because I think it's the only way you can do it and for me at least like the way my brain works is the only way I can do it at my best level same that's why the only thing I can do now is like shows and podcasts because like all right I'm talking to you my phone's off do not disturb is on I am only focused on this otherwise and I, I mean were you a good student in school school for me was like 
frustrating because like they do fine yes like i could get by but like i would say i put like one percent into it same like same i think that it's a lot of people now it's like i need an answer for like why am i learning this like why why do i need to know this like i'm not passionate about it and like i said when i'm passionate about something i'm all in but if i'm not passionate about it like i you just i just it's not how i work like i can't i can't be in then um so i think that you know school and stuff is super important and I, I it just it was for me it was like i just gotta get through it right now you know what i feel like teachers should do at the beginning of every year they should schedule like individual meetings with kids like if somebody came to me like i hated taking language classes because i was like this is ridiculous but if somebody came to me at the beginning and they learned about what i was interested in they found out that i was into basketball hey you take this you will impress every Spanish basketball player. You will impress every, you know, Hispanic athlete that you come across by being able to speak their language and you will get more gigs from it than anybody else. Oh, oh, my bad. All right, cool. I'm in. Instead of like, you're required to graduate. Yeah, no, exactly. And and I think it's hard because, and it happened to me too. Like when I was growing up and I, I tell this story all the time, like, when I, I always want to work in sports, right? Like I love sports so much. Um, but unlike you, honestly, when I was in high school and even for the most of my college, I only thought like, Oh, I can either work. I can either play sports or I can coach sports. Like I just, I didn't watch sports center and think, wow, there's someone who's like directing the, the show here. There's someone who's coming out with the stats. There's someone who's writing their social media. I just didn't think about it like that. And like, it's my fault. Sure. But like, I just wish someone was educating me and be like, Oh, you love sports. Here are all the different things that you could do one day. And like, could understand, like, here's why it's important. Like you said, why you should learn this because like, maybe you want to go into this field in sports. Um, yeah, it, there's, there's just a piece missing. And I know that like you've talked about it a ton and I've listened to all the things you said and I agree with them all. And it's, there's just something missing there. Yeah, man. I think, I don't think colleges are going to exist in the way that they are right now for, for people that don't have very specific interests um, yeah, because it's just doesn't make financial sense and you can have just as much fun do it somewhere else. Yeah. That, that's a great point. I don't think about that enough. That's a really good point. <laughs> I mean like college, so like some colleges are down for the fall, but you look at like a Harvard and they're still trying to charge like 50,000 to take online classes and you look and you think about it and it's like, <sighs> The money thing, like, like I get why people need to go to school, and I, I don't shy away from that. And it was hard for me, but like, it, it makes a lot of sense for most people. The money thing for me just doesn't. It's it's really hard for me to get over. It's like that is so much. Like, oh, crazy. <laughs> it is like ninety nine percent of the world is cannot do that. Like, it's just it's tough. It's really tough to wrap your head around. Like, I, I think part of the problem is, too, like, kids that are going to college, they have no frame of reference for what a dollar is. Like, they didn't work and earn the money that they're using to pay through college. Most, some do, and obviously there's, uh, those people probably understand it a lot better, but for the majority of, like, some of the people that I personally know, and I'm sure a lot of people that you you know and knew as well, there's no frame of reference to what it is. So it's just this, it's all imaginary until you get hit at the end with like debt or not being in a good position or putting somebody else in a bad position. Yeah, no, no, I feel that. And like, for me, like I said, I did college, I went through it all, but it was always a 
like I worked all throughout college. I, worked, I started working at overtime I, at the end of my sophomore year of college, um, basically full time and just like taking night classes to get my degree and stuff. So I started to understand that, but there's so many people that can't do that, right? Where it's rather like what their major is or if they're playing a sport or if they're doing other things or how, how their life works out where it's tough to, like, it would have been hard for me to not do some of the things I did in college and then graduate and be okay, now figure it out. Like I learned a lot by trying to work and do different things in college that for me personally, I just like, if I had to learn that right when I graduated, I don't know how I could have done that. I would have panicked. It's hard. I do. I do think that that gap is good. Like in like giving some leeway here and there, but that's why I also believe in like from a younger age, like kids should be pushed to do things that aren't like are less fight. Like instead of going and docking boats for the summer, like go and intern for overtime for free. Like go and like do these things. Like just, putting yourself in such a better position when you have no overhead, like instead of going like and docking boats for a week and buying 25 jewel pods, like (laughs) and intern for something in the general niche for free. Yeah. Well, well, and and that is what I did. And obviously it turned into my job, but when overtime first started, um, I started as an intern there and I was just like, like I said, I had no experience in social media. Like that wasn't like what I went there to do. It was like, Hey, Zach and Dan are so smart and have accomplished a lot. How can I help you? Like, just tell me what I need to do to help you. Like, you need me to go make a basketball hoop in the, in the park and like film some fans using it. Great. You need me to learn how to do finances. Okay. I'll learn it. Like you want me to learn how to code. All right, cool. Let's do it. Um, but when you work with people and you get to start to learn different things, it's like, okay, like what, what need can I meet for you? And I, I think you learn a lot from that. It, it wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to like go intern there and then get a job. It was like, okay, I'm going to go intern there. and I got to learn something. Like this is like, I want to work in sports. Like, let's figure this out. That's the best. And how would you compare um, how much you learned at overtime versus what you learned in college? You put me in a bad spot here. Okay. Um, <laughs> look, I for, for what I do now, right. I run social media and I work, um, a lot of my job is managing. So I consider it a lot of leadership type stuff um, and figuring out how to motivate people. Um, that's for me, like the social media things that I've been doing it so long, it's, it's not really like, it's not that hard. I mean, it's hard, but like, I don't have to spend a lot of time thinking about it. Like, it's not operating a lot of my brain power. Like a lot of my brain power is operating like management, organization, like learning how to motivate different people, learning about different structures and how people operate. Um, and that's just, and that and the social media aspect, it's just not what I could have learned in school. I mean, I was a business, I was a business student. Um, yeah, and, so like an exposure thing, but that makes. Yeah. So, so for me, and like, also, I think it's every person has to like know themselves. Like I learned through experience. Like I'm not like, a, even now I, I think like a lot of people I work with, they're amazing, like reading articles and learning and watching different things, but I need to go through it me personally to, to really get a grasp. Um, so I just try to put myself in as many different situations as possible to be like, okay, like, this is all learning experience for me. I'm still super young. Like, what can I, what can I gain here? So, yeah, I mean, when to go back to your original question, I would say I like to think that I learned stuff in school that helped that got me to this point. But I think like the big gaps, like learning those huge lessons I got from working and like being in the mix. That makes sense. Um, if you could only be on one platform for the next year, what would it be and why? 
you have to get rid of all the others. Oof. Okay. Um, Given everything you know about like chances of platforms going down, yeah. like, everything is into account. You can only be on one for the next year. What is it? So I'm going to say TikTok and, th and this is why. Like, I think there's power in being the biggest in something and being the best at something. I think there's a real power there. Um, and us being able to continue that and continue to grow, I think separates us and gives us like a very big stamp, even if it's not as big as some of the other platforms. Um, and for, for what overtime is, which is like the youngest audience that we can hit. And also like this vibe to companies and brands of like, they know something we don't know. TikTok is the hardest thing for other companies to wrap their heads around and understand. They don't get it. They don't get it. And I mean, it was the same way with Instagram three years ago, right? And like probably mm -hmm. Facebook before that. Um, it takes a long time. So there is this element and, and I get it a lot when I walk into a meeting and, it, and it's a good feeling. It's like, you know, you can feel it from the other side. It's like, wow, like overtime knows something that we don't know. So we need to work with them. We need to be with them because like they're the best at something and we know nothing about it. And like, I, th I just think that that has a lot of power for us. And, and, and it's the most fun for me because I love sports, but I love being able to branch out and figure out what other people want. Now that's my personal preference. Uh, if, if, if I'm speaking for overtime, if they had, to, if we had to get rid of everything, I think we would probably stay on YouTube um, because our long form shows uh, that have like legit, we're making things that I would consider, you could call them, like, they could be a movie or they could end up on Netflix. Um, uh, they, the, the watch time on these and the way we're creating sports content, I don't think there's a lot. I, I almost see there being like no competition in that for like the long form sports content um, that like is episodic and tell stories. You have like your last chance you on Netflix. You have like your documentaries here and there. But for the most part, when you look at the other big sports companies, it's mostly like highlight stuff and like no storytelling or one-offs, day in the life type mm -hmm. things where we've created like a lot of what people are accustomed to seeing on all of their favorite shows and now done it for sports. So I think it's like something we're most proud of and something that we see having like the long-term effect that, that is really huge. Makes sense. Two, two last questions here. Uh, how, what do you think the importance is of evergreen content when it comes to social media and what what should people know about that uh that's a good question i so overtime always wants to be different right like we don't want to share the same stuff as other people we don't want the same voice uh i really hate when someone shares something and then like a few months later they reshare it as like a throwback type thing <laughs> um it, it's hard i think evergreen content when it's long form and it's like episodic is cool, right? You can always go back and watch it. But for the most part, I want to be the first, I want to show you something that you've never seen before. And then I never want to show you it again. Like, hmm. I, especially when it comes to like pro sports, it's like, how many times am I going to see LeBron chase down block? Like I'm so <laughs> over it. Like let the other 50 companies post about it. Cause I'm not like, I'm not going to get involved in it. Um, yeah. and, and that's like evergreen, right? That's kind of just like, I don't even know what you ca like call that. Um, but, but I, I think it's, it's, it's just cool. high performing content. That's easy, like low hanging fruit. Yeah. 
and, and I think it, it makes sense. And I do it sometimes too. Look, I'm not saying that like overtime is above anyone when it comes to that type of stuff. We do it, especially during quarantine. You have to. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's a place for it, but it's not necessarily overtime's thing, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. And then kind of off of that, uh, having like a deep catalog on platforms like TikTok, um, because I, I mean, I'm sure you've seen this as well. Videos pop randomly. Like sometimes it's two months after, sometimes it's a month later and they'll go from one to 10 million views, just like, like that when your newest video has 100,000 views, you know? Um, so how important do you think it is to have like a catalog of content for people to go back to and just like stuff that's always circulating from like both an algorithmic standpoint and like just reaching a lot of people? Yeah, look, I, I think like at this point, overtime's big enough where like people kind of know what they're getting into and they, they kind of get it. For people that are just starting, it is like insanely important, right? Like if, if I go viral, and a lot of people see me and then they click on my page and there's like three other posts. I'm never looking, I'm never following you or coming back. I just like, whatever. Like, but if I click on you and I see like five other videos, like a like hundred other videos and I start scrolling, I'm like, Oh, this is pretty funny. Oh, this one's good too. Like it kind of like was similar to the one that like I saw like on the free page. Um, then I have a much higher chance of following or checking back in. Uh, so like, that's the whole thing with not stopping. Right. Like, and I think we, we touched on it with, with like influencers, like, you just got to keep putting yourself out there and like eventually something's going to click and it might be something like you said, like TikTok is one of the few places where like it might be something that you did that you thought was going to hit and it didn't at first and it came back. Um, so it's super important. I, I think like overtime, obviously at this point has such a big catalog that like, it's just, that's just how it is. But if you're someone out there starting or creating, um, make a big catalog, but I would say like that catalog has to at least be decent. Like don't just like, throw anything on there. Um, you want that catalog to, especially on TikTok, what I'm seeing, like we have a lot of people at overtime that have gotten like hundreds of thousands of followers who are not like influencers who aren't out there trying to do that. They've created like a, a page where you're like, okay, when I go to his page or her page, I know exactly what to expect. Like mm -hmm. Mikey, overtime Mikey, for instance, like he breaks down basketball moves. Like if I want to learn how to do Jamal Crawford's crossover or how to do it over on step back, I know like, okay, I can go here every time. And like, if you're the, if you see them for the first time on for you page and you like that like tutorial and you go on there and you're like, Oh shit, there's a hundred other tutorials. You're like, okay, like, th this is something I'm interested in. So that, that's how I feel about catalog. How, how do you feel about it? I think that people are really twisted when it comes to wanting to go viral, because I think that going viral is one of the worst things that can happen to you when you're an influencer because it creates this unnecessary amount of pressure to repeat the same thing. And it puts you in a really bad position because it's impossible to replicate that. So I have friends that'll get like 10 million views on a TikTok, and then they'll be depressed when their next 20 videos get 50,000 views, as opposed to what they were getting before, which was 20,000 views a video. And so they were doing two and a half X yet right. depressed. Like, yeah, I yeah. think going viral is the worst thing that can happen to you as an influencer and slow, steady growth is the best thing because it allows you to create the infrastructure along the way. Brands, it's different because brands start with infrastructure, whereas influencers start with content. And so for brands, you want to go viral, but for influence, I think it's the worst thing that can happen to you. I think it's like a death sentence. 
No, I hear you. And the thing that's hard for people to wrap their head around, like they see a Hoops Nation or an Overtime or like another brand and they're like, wow, you have so many followers. It's like, yeah, I posted every single day, 15 times a day for the last four years. Like there is this consistency and I'm not going to let like one post that blew up, like change my strategy or like, I'm not going to do that. Like I, I, there's so much consistency. So I think people assume sometimes like oh, overtime just blew up overnight and it's like, no, like there's consistency, like you said, in the slow and steady part, we're just better at being slow and steady than, than someone else's. And I think for influencers too, and I, I try to preach this as much as possible, but the second you change your goal from being, from going viral to being consistent, everything changes. Yeah. Like you will win if you, if your goal is to be consistent instead of to go viral. I really believe that. Exactly. I, I got really good advice when I first started our social accounts. Um, the only rule Dan gave me, our CEO, he was like, just grow 10% every month. Grow 10% number of posts, grow 10% views, grow 10% followers. And that is like a slow and steady growth. It's like, hey, we're, we're going to grow a little bit every month. We're not trying to double or triple in size, but hey, if we keep growing like this, it's we're going to be big. Like, it's going to be good. Um, and I think that's the same thing with an influencer. Like, hey, I'm not making 100 videos hoping one gets 50 million. I'm making 100 videos hoping that each one is a little bit better than the last one. Mm-hmm. I think that's the game plan, man. I think that's a, I think that's a great place for us to leave off as well. Um, where where can people find you personally? They know where they can find Overtime. Yeah, follow Overtime, obviously. I always push Overtime first. Um, and then you can find me, Overtime Tom, anywhere, basically. I just launched, I just launched the personal TikTok. Trying to Let's go. Trying to see what happens on there. No, I, I needed a I needed an account and this is how I view my personal accounts. I need a place where like I just don't really care about like followers and growth. And it's the opposite of what other people do. And I applaud people who do that. But I, I like to have one place where it's like, hey, I'm just gonna put myself out there. And like if people like it, great. If they don't, I really don't care. And that's gonna be TikTok for you? Definitely. I love it. Well, my man, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Buster, always great. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Boom. Peace, guys. See you next time.